0: Hello, and welcome to episode 147 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am
1: Jacob Marico.
0: And, uh, well, here we are. Today, as we record, is actually Earth Day.
1: It is. Which, which is I nice. Had to, which I had to be reminded of because I thought it was still the 21st today.
0: We have to remind a lot of people to to be nice to the Earth. The Earth is actually pretty great. It's this where, is a hot take.
1: Yeah, it's where we keep all our stuff. <laughs>
0: it is where we keep all of our stuff. That might actually be the best way to, <laughs> to reach people. Um, but, yeah. Hopefully, you get to get out into the earth yeah, go plant, at some point. go
1: plant a tree, you know, clean up grass. I mean, actually, it's,
0: it's chilly. There's snow on the ground. Well, yeah. This was a traumatizing week. This was a traumatizing <laughs> week in a lot of ways. It was a, a great week um, in a lot of ways. As you're listening, the Oscars will have happened. What do you think? Were they boring or were they cool?
1: Uh, They're probably going to be boring. if okay. the, If the Emmys are any indication, they're probably going to be pretty... I have to say
0: I was just so obsessed with watching the Oscars and uh, not so much anymore. Well, it's cuz I'm just not as into it. Well, it's
1: all watching people do Zoom calls basically is what it's Well, gonna the be.
0: Oscars is going to be live. So there like there are going to be people they said. Really? Yeah, they have to wear masks, they have to be tested, but they're going to be there.
1: If they don't do some kind of stupid Oscar joke about people in movies wearing masks, I don't uh, even know I don't even know what the writers are doing.
0: There's going to be so much, but forget all that. None of that is important. Nope. What is important? is that last Tuesday, Jacob and I hung out. We know we wanted to spend some, some beautiful vaccinated time together. That's right. And I surprised him with a movie. I was like, I've got a movie for us. It's got a couple of your favorite things in it. And we did it.
1: Yes, and I had to take a couple guesses under what those things were. But once we figured it out, Michelle it knocked it out of the
0: <laughs> it park. It didn't take long. Um, so we are talking about a film... <laughs> Uh, like, In which...
1: Quotation marks is what we use for that.
0: <laughs> Oscar winner, we have to remind ourselves, Nicholas Cage yep. battles a series of giant animatronic creatures, mm-hmm. which... I'm sorry, <laughs> is that just the thing that we need to raise our spirits as we head into the second year of a pandemic?
1: I know I felt better while Ab- watching that movie.
0: Absolutely. There's not even there's not even a question to that. So the brief synopsis and then I'm gonna give a much fuller one is that when a car breaks down, this quiet loner agrees to clean an abandoned family fund center in exchange for repairs, and then he finds himself waging war against possessed animatronic mascots while trapped inside. Willie's Wonderland that the, is the film that we are talking about the
1: titular Willie's Wonderland <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: uh you know if, if you would have seen us watching this movie you would have swore I was the one that picked it out and that was not the case
0: it's really true you were smiling a lot this is like um major magics and Chuck E. Cheese are combined and both possessed yes
1: possessed I by would say evil killers it, was
0: that the premise that seems to, to, to be
1: they sort of like glossed over that they're like yeah this is what's going on don't worry about it
0: I mean they're I can't even say that there's going to be spoilers in this. We're going to get pretty in depth in the movie, but I promise you that if you watch the trailer, that is that's everything yeah, that you you're getting. The trailer is the film. There's nothing hidden. Oh, absolutely there's not. There's No secret.
1: There, there is not like some kind of big uh, Christopher Nolan s twist at the end of this movie. Like what you <laughs> what you see is what you're getting the entire time, and it is wonderful.
0: Correct. So. I do have to address, because you hear a lot of things about Nicolas Cage and his just like his trash resume. Which Cause is, yeah,
1: because it is a trash resume at this point.
0: And it's said to be full of paycheck movies. And I don't think anyone can seriously dispute that. No.
1: Um, he did a left-behind movie. I mean, come on. That's all you really need to know at this point.
0: For real. And the implication of the phrase paycheck movie is that, you know, obviously the actor is simply and probably cynically signing up for these degraded roles um, or even those soulless blockbusters in order to keep their personal revenue flowing. And I'm sure that agents and managers are kind of pushing. And, you know, they got to pay their mortgage in a yeah. lifestyle. And so I'm, sh- I'm sure
1: the IRS plays a little bit of a role in as well.
0: But what makes Nicolas Cage a very unique player in this this genre of kind of sign-on-the-dotted-line movies is that he has been doing it for so long mm-hmm. and with such devotion— That I think part of his kind of, you know, fallen from Oscar respectability is that he seriously likes. Making these movies.
1: I mean, yeah, he doesn't he, seem to be annoyed. He tries in all of them. He
0: like, does. He just enjoys weird, weird stuff, and that's what makes them work.
1: I mean, this is a dude who <laughs> named his kid Cal for, for Pete's sake. And
0: oh, that's so awful. The, uh, it's so he,
1: awful. And it's movies like Willy's Wonderland that like. It just it's one of my he's one of my favorite actors out there because this is the kind of schlock that I just love. And when you play it straight, it can be so much fun. As long as you know what kind of movie you're doing, which I do not think he has any doubt about the kind of movies he's oh, doing. Oh, he at this does point. not.
0: So we're gonna talk about Willie's Wonderland today because we need a win, everybody. And this is a real win for me and Jacob. So <laughs> the movie starts, Willie's Wonderland. We got Nicolas Cage zooming in his souped-up black Chevy,
1: which is a fantastic car. By it the way. is
0: through this hick through the town. Whole,
1: whole budget of the sh- uh, movie, <laughs> it really
0: was. And he suffers a blowout, which is no accident.
1: Mysterious circumstances. No
0: accident. We see that the immediately that the road was booby-trapped with spikes. Um, and neither is it an accident when he is then towed to a garage mm-hmm. run by like a typical yokel. They're not really—they're going for stereotypes in the film.
1: Yeah, not exactly deep writing.
0: <laughs> and he tells him your bill is going to be a thousand dollars. He only takes cash, and none of the ATMs in town work.
1: How convenient <laughs> so, on all fronts.
0: So he offers Cage a deal: if he'll spend one long night. Playing a janitor, okay, and cleaning this Willie's Wonderland, this place that's been closed for years, the owner of Willie's will pay the tab for the car.
1: Right. Which, if you've watched horror movies, you know (laughs) that is a suspicious set of uh, rules right there.
0: (laughs) So now we'll talk about Nicola's Cage. So... He's wearing these mirrored shades in his black leather jacket with the red racing stripes down the arm, obviously. Of
1: course. He's got his beard all cleaned up. He's looking like uh, yeah, he's, a little bit like Ghost Rider in this he's movie. He's got
0: like a biker beard that looks like it's kind of painted on with like grease paint. <laughs> like it's that perfect, smooth um we've got power cords just like zinging <laughs> throughout the soundtrack the camera keeps pulling up and like slowly circling <laughs> around I mean,
1: the, the, the guy who's doing the director of photography in this movie was just having himself a little he was having a ball doing this
0: i mean i think he was recognizing that cage has still got it like he's still got that aura
1: he's got a screen presence like you can't take your eyes off that dude when he's on it's true. Film.
0: This is like since Wild Heart, he's been doing this sort Whoa, of like. There's this,
1: a flashback.
0: Exactly, and it's like the same kind of guy. So, <laughs> this is where the fun starts. This is where the fun starts. We're already super sold on this film. So he's placed inside the family fun center. It's got, and then they chain him in. He doesn't know. And the idea is, while he thinks that he's just cleaning the place, he's actually going to be served up as a sacrificial lamb. To these eight oversized animatronic characters who rule there.
1: Right. And, oh my God, there's an ostrich, there's a gorilla in there, there's (laughs) there's a bear, I think. There's all sorts of stuff coming up.
0: The ostrich is my favorite. But instead, we get... Nick Cage. He's all barrel chested. He's in his Willie the Weasel t-shirt because he, apparently to clean he has to wear one of their t-shirts. He's jacked up on these purple cans
1: Which he is loving. some sort of
0: energy drink.
1: He is going hard at these things too. Like my heart hurt just watching him have this much caffeine oh, pumped into his body. Oh, it's so
0: much. And then he proceeds to take out the rags and the cleaning products and he starts cleaning. And I think this is where Jacob and I had the biggest problem with the film is because he'd be in a filthy room and the floors covered in trash and he'd be like mopping in the middle of it. Mopping
1: in the middle hadn't gotten the walls yet. Hadn't
0: swept the floor. We were like that is not how uh, you clean. We need
1: to sit him down and explain how to work a mop because it's (laughs) pretty bad.
0: And so pretty much in the beginning of his cleaning he gets in a tiff with Aussie the ostrich.
1: It just makes you (laughs) you laugh just thinking about it.
0: Oh my god she looks amazing. This is the first creature who like attacks him and he just approaches this murderous animatronic bird As if he's kind of like facing off against Jason Voorhees. I I mean, he
1: goes for it in the scene. Oh,
0: (laughs) he goes for it. And he kicks furry animatronic butt. I mean, he's (laughs) fighting them. He's like bashing them with like the mop handle or something. He's like straight
1: up like baton beating them, like just swinging his sticks around like they're uh, like he's a Uh martial arts expert.
0: (sighs) My God. Finally tearing out the creature's motorized guts like he's ripping a spine out. He
1: hits him with a straight Mortal Kombat finisher. He
0: does. And then he's like covered with oil and it's spattering around like it's blood. It.
1: And then it wow. gets better from there, everybody. It, like,
0: If that's even possible. So mostly what the film is, I mean, we're watching Nicolas Cage destroy a bunch of giant cuddly monsters with his bare hands. If you're not interested in that, I don't know how you're still listening to this show this many Yeah, episodes. you're at
1: the wrong <laughs> podcast, but that doesn't sound like a good time.
0: And we, have, um, we are going to give the biggest spoiler of the film. I have to because <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I mean, especially because Nicolas Cage is known for just completely committed line readings mm-hmm. of the most ridiculous material. We like, could, it we doesn't could do matter whole, what it is. Yeah,
1: we could do a whole episode just on audio clips that um, he's had over the internet.
0: Correct. He will just say it all. And in this film, he does not have a single line of dialogue is <laughs> silent the whole
1: movie. I, I, I love like 20 minutes in, <sighs> you literally were like, is he not going to say anything this entire movie? Because I it- was
0: like asking, I was like, did I miss something? Did he speak in the beginning when I wasn't paying attention? No, nope, not at all.
1: Also, can I say... That was the right choice because, man, it's so great that he doesn't say anything this entire movie.
0: I mean, everything Just deadpans is him everybody. beating one of these creatures to death. With, mind you, he is not at all shocked that this is happening. No, and, and then he'll, he'll stop. He'll drink an energy drink. He'll play some pinball. And then he'll pinball. continue to clean. Yeah, and
1: he <laughs> does a pretty decent job at the cleaning once he figures out what he's doing. It's so... Fantastic. All right. There's technically a B-plot involving a bunch of other red shirts that come in in and out of there, but it it doesn't matter.
0: It's irrelevant. I mean, the film is maybe not quite as fun as it could be. No. I think it suggests maybe a little more fun, but it's got Nicolas Cage. He's beating the heck out of these bloodthirsty animatronics. It's very nice. Got, That's very enjoyable.
1: Yeah, and they got a lot of fun. I like the soundtrack in this movie, like the theme song that they had, his little pinball song. Oh, it's been oh stuck the pinball
0: in my... song was great. You might also see some dance moves. You might also see some of the dumbest characters you've ever seen in your entire life in this film. And
1: this is coming from people that have seen a lot of horror movies. Like, yeah. Some of these people are like, what? are you doing
0: <laughs> so we were really happy again this is like a terrible great movie i think you've probably got that from the description and it might it might be up your alley oh um, it's a it's an
1: a plus b movie like there it is absolutely that's the way i would put this that's, one
0: that's well done that's well said so to celebrate that willie's wonderland exists because we all should be celebrating that um jacob and i have put together a collection of some of the most magical and mystical and magnificent puppetry and animatronics in cinematic history
1: right and because you know stop motion and puppets and stuff like that i always feel like are a lot better than cgi if you can do something oh in person that's always the way to go in my opinion and whether you're actually doing it for to make it look realistic or if you're doing it to you know kind of be part of the joke yeah i just i'm, I'm a puppet guy i don't know what to say I like them in all forms I,
0: I know that you do that's why i was really excited to, to bring this movie to you and I'd say that I think really Jim Henson um, with The Muppet Show starting in like 1976 this really spawned the first theatrical um, adventure for puppet films there were some things before then of wooden mannequins and stop motion but this was really what brought it to um, Hollywood and then I'd say the art form really peaked in the 80s um, oh, the
1: eighties. They, that's where that's where puppet work was all over the place, man. Yes,
0: they're the height of their inventiveness, and I think that's where a lot of these um, come from. Because now, like some movie puppet magic, it, it's something of a lost art.
1: Yeah, they don't really do it that often anymore. Like they just everybody wants to try to do CGI, and they don't realize it doesn't It doesn't work. Looks I mean,
0: you think of Kermit, um, the Frog, all the way to Yoda, and oh my God. Oh, my God. Like a baby Yoda. Gr- like
1: Grogu is all about him on you this get show. Such
0: a, it, it's such an emotional connection with audiences, and I think that CGI still aspires to emulate that, but it just can't. It's not the same.
1: No, not at all. You, there's just something that's missing. Some, sometimes it's down to the actor, where you could just tell that they're looking at nothing, and sometimes it just comes down to where you could just tell just by the gloss on something. It's like it's not real. It takes you out of the it's movie. It's not
0: real. I know they're standing in front of a green screen yeah. looking at a man in a green spandex suit, and I don't like that. So I want to see yeah. I want to see my puppet. So here we're going to talk about some of the best films or just characters that appeared in films. So I'm going to start because where else can I start in this category except with the Dark Crystal?
1: Uh, yeah, that seems a pretty good.
0: We've brought it up before. It, I love it. I love it very, very much. I really loved that they made the Netflix series, which they are not continuing. Right, which, which is shatters this, my this heart. a little
1: disappointing. I'm surprised actually with how much they put into that.
0: I mean, you already have all the puppets made. Yeah. What's the what's the problem?
1: Yeah, you already spent all your money to make it. Like that's why those one season shows, I'm like, I don't get it, man. You already spent the money. You know, got the and, stuff ready.
0: And you I'm in it. So Frank Oz and Jim Hensons, this is their beautiful Really, you know, fantasy epic. It is still as breathtaking today as it was when it was released in 1982. The quick synopsis is Jen. He's raised by this noble race called the Mystics, and he's the last survivor of his own race which is the Gelflings, and then he sets out to find a shard of this dark crystal um, and help balance in the universe. So we're like, okay, nice hero story. Um, The film really utilizes many of the iconic, um, the Muppeteer puppeteers (laughs) from The Muppet Show.
1: Say that five times (laughs) (laughs) fast. I don't
0: think I could. Um, It really revolutionized puppetry. It features entirely new forms of puppetry using mimes and dancers and acrobats. And creating entirely new stages and spaces to enable them. So, I mean, they really, this film was for the puppets. Oh, like, absolutely. That is the whole film. So everything is created for them to shine. And alongside the physical puppeteers, the film took advantage of completely new animatronic and remote control puppet technology which is fantastic. The, it's a lot you know, of, way a lot of facial moved. movements and stuff like Absolutely, that. Absolutely, which makes it um, look real. I mean, people put their soul into this. The people that would play the Skeksis that are like tall would have to have their arm up in their neck for like the entire shoot. Like just oh, one arm like in the air. That sounds awful. Oh. Yeah, really terrible, but I love this film. It is monumental to the art of puppetry, and it remains to this day one of the most unique films in cinematic history. If you haven't somehow seen The Dark Crystal, please, please do.
1: Oh, absolutely, guys! Just today, stop what we're doing. Really, go listen, go watch that, and come back and be like, "Thank you very much, guys."
0: <laughs>
1: um, okay, then ones I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with my favorite movie and its sequel, Gremlins One and Two.
0: I knew it would be there.
1: Oh. God, I love these movies so much. Like, I mean,
0: that's some good work. There. So,
1: so different. It's funny to think about how they originally planned to do Gremlins, because I always think about it like how that. So? What a terrible idea that was. They were going to take live monkeys and <gasps> they were going what? to put the costumes on them, and they were just gonna let them loose. What?
0: Yeah, I love that a little, but I understand funny, that it might not work. It's a fun
1: idea, but they were like, they tr- they tested it. They tried to put a mask on one of the monkeys, and apparently, it did not go well. <laughs> As you can kind of Why imagine. Why would you say
0: that right when I was sipping my tea?
1: <laughs> so, yeah, apparently that did not go well. So they're like, you know what? We probably shouldn't release these uh, animals into a room and let them go crazy. Right. So they're like, let's do puppeteer work and thank Goodness that they did, because it is
0: fantastic. Also, speaking of some of the most endearing and cutest puppets ever, Gizmo is definitely I mean, up there.
1: Gizmo was the Grogu before there was a Grogu. Correct. It, 100%. I mean, that little dude, just the cutest. And Ugh. the gremlins themselves, like, there's some, you get those things in the wrong. You're not pay, like, expecting to see a gremlin when you're going into a room, like, no. it's going to freak
0: you out, man. Yeah, no, they're scary.
1: Um, they use a mixture of, like, stop motion and uh, actual, like, uh, animatronics and stuff like that to make it all work. Which for this movie with all the mayhem going on, it just gives it that it makes everything feel real. Like it you can actually see in the background, just gremlins doing random, (laughs) random uh, madness. Is it the
0: first one or the second one? We're in the movie theater.
1: Oh, that's the second one. Well, actually, it's the first and the second
0: one. Oh, is it? Did you want
1: the one with or without Hulk Hogan?
0: Oh, wow, I do not remember Hulk Hogan, so I'm obviously oh, yeah. thinking of the first when one. When Hulk
1: Hogan tries to pick a fight with the gremlins running the projector, oh, my I God. I don't
0: know if I've seen the second one. It doesn't we feel familiar. need
1: to have another movie okay. to watch second because the <laughs> second one is pretty great in its own I know way.
0: that you love it. Um,
1: But gremlins, man, go! it's a classic. It's a horror movie classic. It's the best Christmas movie. And the second one, if you were just looking to... Stu- You're like, I need
0: more puppets. I mean,
1: I need Grandpa Munster to be a news reporter in my movie. <laughs> that's what Gremlins 2 is going to okay. give you guys. So check them both
0: out. Fantastic. Um, I'm going to do another Jim Henson. This is his last feature film. And we're talking about Labyrinth, oh, um, a fantasy a musical. David Bowie classic. What a classic. So aside from its two main human stars, as Jacob said, one of them being a David Bowie in one of his most iconic roles, and oh, the yes. other is Oscar winner Jennifer Connelly.
1: Which, thank you for that, introducing Jennifer Connelly to the world. Like, Truly. No there.
0: And then it's predominantly filled with a cast of puppets. Um, so expanding on this, the incredible technology that they did pioneer for the Dark Crystal, the Jim Henson Company um, brought to life a world inhabited by some of the most complex puppets that we've ever seen on the silver screen. I mean,
1: they really do look good. Like. Oh, they
0: look they look great. I mean, so the little Hoggle, you know Hoggle, the one that's with Jennifer Connelly most of the time, the yes. little guy that walks with her. So he's controlled by five different puppeteers at any one time. I mean, and he's a small character to have five. So that's really amazing. Um, so in this film, you know, the Jennifer Connelly character, she's going through a maze simply to recover her baby brother who was stolen from a goblin king. That's David Bowie. So it's not like a lot that. Which, you need if you're going to gonna get
1: stolen by a goblin king, you know, you can deal with that. That's
0: the one. So it's crazy the the lasting effect of this film because when it was released, it was a total commercial flop. Um, which is always funny. These films that flop and then they become beloved fantasy films that have like these Titanic cult followings yeah. as the years go on. And it's obviously because of the puppetry of Jim Henson um, and all of his collaborators because it just looks so good. That's such a fun film.
1: Yeah, I'm very curious uh, for the second one that they're making like how that's going to go uh, it's
0: weird when things come out so much later it is. that you can't have the same um, Goblin King.
1: No, and that is unfortunate. Like I don't know who they're gonna get to. I don't. I haven't heard anything about the casting. I do like that they got Scott Derrickson to direct it, though. Okay, I like him. He's a good horror movie director. So it's when not like is they this got,
0: supposed to come out?
1: Yeah, who knows? It's like yeah, a big exactly. old question mark. It's like in the pre-production stage. Yeah. But if they don't stick with the puppet work, it's like, what are we even doing oh, here, guys? Forget
0: that. I mean, I don't have enough fingers to count how many times I've seen this movie, and I love it. Yeah. Every time, because there's nothing not awesome about David Bowie singing and dancing with puppets while wearing the tightest pants possible.
1: Uh, I mean, I would agree with you there. This is perfect. Just about as good as it gets. (laughs)
0: It's truly, that's it. So if you somehow miss Labyrinth, make sure to check that out.
1: All right. So the next one, uh, this one. It was one of my best theater-going experiences, um, which is nice because the creator described it as the worst time of my entire life. Oh, no. So you know that it's going to be good. This coming from the $600 million man, Trey Parker himself, (laughs) creator of South Park, because we're talking about Team America, World Police. What a wonderful flick that makes fun of the U.S. That is the
0: stupidest best movie ever. I mean,
1: it's so fantastic. (laughs) And the fact that there's still a group of people that take this movie like at face value and think that like, oh, look, they're saying how great America is. I'm like, you are not paying attention to what this whole no, movie says about this film. Yeah, about globalization in the U.S., man. But the puppet work in this movie, top notch. The dude. puppet
0: work is top notch.
1: You would think that in a movie where you're doing, <laughs> oh, my God, it's so stupid. And you entire movie <laughs> with just marionette puppets, you figure they're going to cheat a little bit in this movie. No. South The guys from South Park are like, we're not going to use any CGI. There will be no, no trick. Everything's going to be done in camera. So
0: even if it looks terrible, it's funny that it looks terrible. It's
1: designed to look terrible. <laughs> you are
0: supposed to know these are puppets. You are never supposed to think anything else. No. It,
1: and the just the, oh, I just love this movie so much. I can't even talk about a lot of the plot because no, it you, is a hard R.
0: It is a hard, hard R. <laughs> yes. Even like the theme song, you can't even play. It's Amer- a hard R. <laughs>
1: America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. That's as much <laughs> that as you sounds can familiar. Say. You fill in the blanks. It's so fantastic, guys. Um, but if you're like, if you like the South Park TV show, if you like any of their movies, this one, I mean, it's just fantastic, this fantastic, guys. One. This is what they followed up to the South Park movie with, and bravo because it was a brave and a wonderful choice.
0: You know what? This just made me think of, and I feel like the answer to this better be yes. Of your love of puppets and musicals, you've seen Avenue Q, right?
1: Oh, actually, I haven't because oh. I haven't had a chance. It hasn't really come to Buffalo to go see. I didn't it see it. It did come
0: or... to Buffalo at one point. Well, I
1: was a poor, a poor little oh, boy. Oh, man.
0: If it ever again. Small town boy. It's designed for world. you. I know it is.
1: And I have heard <laughs> the songs. Like, I know the songs from the movie, but it's yeah, like another, that's a, that's another fun one. crop of songs we cannot sing. I have, the the
0: puppetry work is so good that while you see the people behind them doing it, you you literally stop seeing them. Yeah. After a while, like you just see the it's, puppets. It's
1: like the Kermit effect. Like when if yeah. you bring a Kermit puppet out, people will start talking to the puppet instead of talking to the puppeteer. It's one of the fantastic exactly. little things.
0: All right. We're, we're always running out of time, but well, we have a lot to talk about. We got about. to
1: jam about an awesome Nicolas Cage movie, so I am not mad about that <gasps> Really at all.
0: not at all. Okay. So there are some moments in movie history that really changed the path of Hollywood forever. And- Jurassic Park was definitely one of those landmarks. I
1: mean, just everything about it. Fantastic. Everything about match. it. Still looks great 30 years later.
0: I remember seeing it in theaters and w- was, like, blown away. and was like, those those are dinosaurs. Yeah. Those are dinosaurs. Uh, and, you know, during the production of the film, the creative team, they were planning on using stop motion, Which, like kind of Jason and the Argonauts, like, mm-hmm. original-esque um, that's how they were going to bring the dinosaurs to life and that all changed when this group of animators bought um he, they brought Steven Spielberg test footage of these CGI dinosaurs and the he just was like no like this is not this isn't it yeah. like this doesn't look good to me um so the team, they collaborated with puppeteers from the Stan Winston Company, and then it was really revolutionary. They combined state-of-the-art animatronic puppetry, and then there was some never-before-used CG technology, I mean, for the wide shots and oh, things sure. like that. A
1: lot of good compositing work in there.
0: A hundred percent, and they crafted a film that is today one of the best-looking um blockbusters of all time.
1: I mean, the first one, it stands up to the the newest one. Like, this movie even looks a little bit better in parts than that new one did because everything's a lot more believable looking than...
0: Yeah, Even in the first movie, too, the storyline worked. You were able to well, be like, yeah. okay, that's good. And then after a while, I was like, enough with these. Stop going to this island.
1: Yeah, it's like, what's going on, guys? This is like, so stupid. Get the, get the idea here. Maybe don't make the dangerous dinosaurs. How about that?
0: i like, hello. So it, speaking of the dangerous ones, in the film, the main T-Rex puppet weighed over six tons.
1: Which, I hope that that thing is, like, sitting somewhere.
0: Wild. It was mounted on a flight simulator-style platform, and it had to be anchored into the bedrock of nice. the soundstage because it was so massive. And, you know, its actions were occasionally pre-programmed, the animatronic bits. Sure. Um, the, it was generally puppeteered live. Ooh. So it's moving, and that someone was doing it. And then... The crew built a three-foot T-Rex like armature packed with sensors so that when this armature moved, the full-size uh, T-Rex would duplicate the movement in real time. So, so they cool. could kind of move over there, and that would control the T-Rex. That stuff's awesome. The it's, way technology has changed film, I have no complaints there.
1: Oh, just so great. Like I said, it's still 30 years later, and it still looks good. Nothing so looks good. good 30 years later. That's like. really
0: true. I mean, held up.
1: Uh, Spielberg you are impressive dude <laughs> so okay we mentioned good puppet movies and we mentioned well done puppet movies oh. but now we got to do just a puppet movie that came <laughs> out recently <laughs> this is 2018's The Happy Time Murders have you seen this no, thing no I
0: really wanted to but then I heard it was hot garbage
1: it's a thing all right okay so it's Melissa McCarthy and her puppet private detective partner are trying to solve a series of murders. All right. People are killing the cast of the old TV show, The Happy Time Murders. Uh, and they're just trying to find out who's doing it before. Doing Is her
0: partner supposed to be a puppet or is it just her partner and it's normal?
1: Every, the puppets are part of this world. Humans, okay. and, so humans, humans and, puppets and puppets coexist. We're
0: talking like Roger Rabbit stuff here. Yes. Okay.
1: They, You know, there's a lot of, you know, adult material between humans and puppets and there is some graphic gruesome puppet death in this movie like the, <laughs> the, that part is a lot of fun the move the plot itself is dumb <laughs> it, it's amazing that this movie was made by jim Henson's kid like that he is the guy who did the puppeteer directed this movie it's like well you know not always talent doesn't always fall really like, directly next to the tree sure but this is certainly a movie and if you have a certain you know like kind of hey, sense on, Jacob, of humor hang on do you
0: like all of terrible movies so do you like this movie no then not that really. is like
1: but I, really bad i, I laughed about six or seven times in an hour and 20 minute movie. So it's, you know, it's short. I like that.
0: But uh, the puppets look good? The
1: puppet work is fat, is good in this movie. That's okay. the one thing I will say. That's the only reason I'm recommending it is because the puppet work's actually top notch. That The Henson people did not lose their ability to work Muppets. Okay. It's just the plot itself. Melissa McCarthy makes it fun. Like, if you want to watch her in R-rated comedy, and really, who doesn't? Just, like, enjoy that. But okay. C- come for the puppeteer work. Stay... You know, because you got eighty minutes, what else are you gonna do? <laughs> all
0: right, that works. Um, I'm gonna do a couple, like just quick ones, because these just had moments. But the thing, of course, I think people don't think of that all the time. I mean, we got John Carpenter. That is, he's a master of many things, and undoubtedly practical effects is is one of them. It's
1: so funny to think people hated that movie when it came out. I, it's it's it insane. How? Well, I I don't know.
0: It has has this claustrophobic atmosphere. It has a stellar cast.
1: That's Kurt Russell.
0: And incredible practical work. And the puppetry really brings the horror of this film to life. Um, And it's really amazing because the special effects um, person is Rob Botton. And he was only 22 when he created all the things in The Thing. So that's fantastic. Yeah.
1: I mean, you need only look at that second one, that prequel-sequel thing that they made where they switched out all the uh, puppeteer work for CGI to see. And it doesn't work.
0: It's terrible. Yeah, that's it does yeah, so he like he was um, doing a lot of stop motion work, John Carpenter for this film. But then when he saw the bot and then he had some Stan Winston stuff too. He was like, "Oh, I'm scrapping all of this because it looks so unrealistic by comparison." And then the things most iconic and most revolting scene. It's one of my favorite puppets. Um, so you know the alien disguises itself as um, all these other things, and after munching off the arms of this doctor is trying to revive one of the characters um the 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 head splits off from the body oh. and falls on the floor and then it sprouts eight legs and two extra eyes and then stalks off and scuttles across the floor and i'm sorry but Spiderhead is one of the greatest puppet moments ever
1: oh dude Just fantastic. Holy cow. It is so much fun to sit there and watch that movie with people who have never seen that before. Oh, and
0: they're just like, what? (laughs) I love it so much. It's
1: it's always good to see. You feel their skin crawling. You're like, what is that thing? Get it away from me.
0: 100%. And then another quick uh, moment of puppets is we can't forget um, Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. There's really some great um, radical effects in this film. Of course, we get Slimer. That is an incredible, mm-hmm. incredible feat of puppetry um, in some early like VFX works. And alongside, you can't forget the movie's classic opening, the animatronic ghoul librarian. Right,
1: which if you walked around the stacks here at the library, it's it's gone through your head a couple you, times. You think
0: it's possible? And I mean, despite getting three seconds of screen time, this is such an iconic, is that memorable really, scene. Only three
1: seconds. Yes. Wow.
0: Yes. And it really sets up kind of the comedic tone. Um, you get one of my favorite lines when they're like, they say something about like how it's haunted. And then, um, Bill Murray's like, you're right. No human would stack books like that,
1: <laughs> which he's right. It's like, everybody in the library community is like, he's absolutely
0: right." <laughs> That's right. So, so much of that film is brought to life with state of the art, um, puppetry so don't don't forget about that one yeah
1: check out a uh, little shop of horrors too man because you know they're oh, definitely classic gonna, yeah, one another great musical audrey too man that puppet that's all no cgi at all looks fantastic uh, i can't even i'm surprised it even works because it shouldn't but they get like the it
0: looks uh, fantastic lips match
1: the, the yeah. uh, compositing works and i guess meet the feebles is another one that i'm like eh i guess it's a Peter Jackson movie, so it's fun to see stuff that he was doing that wasn't dead alive before yeah. he became Lord of the Rings guy. Um, but yeah. Okay. So um, And then, you know... Stuff like RoboCop's always fun. You get Ed 209 running around there.
0: I forget that that has...
1: Stop motion, RoboCop hanging off of stuff. It's I like pretty... I
0: like that. I have to mention, in, in a decade full of fantastic children's fantasy films, the 80s were so known for. I have to say that Never Ending Story might be one of the greatest uh, ones. Oh,
1: I haven't watched that movie in forever. Oh,
0: I love that. That's a DVD one that I will I gotta um, start pop tra-
1: on. Got to start training some memories so I can get some wishes around here.
0: <laughs> there tra- are...
1: dropping a Never Ending Story 2 knowledge now
0: yeah I didn't see that I don't like I don't like sequels um but there's a host of practical effects in this film but none are more impressive than our beautiful luck dragon Falcor.
1: oh still fantastic
0: 43 foot long motorized puppet covered with scales and fur I mean... I love you so much, Felton. I love the
1: idea that these Norwegian filmmakers, like, build a 43-foot... Like, we could just like, make... Okay. We could just make the 10-foot head. They're like, nope.
0: But. We're doing the whole thing. And then, the last one I would be remiss to forget about is E.T. Of course. This is the ultimate form of complex animatronic puppetry. And it's not because he's, like, the most sophisticated or best-looking, because... He kind of looks like Albert Einstein if he was made of mud. Um, He kind of does. But it it perfects such a profound emotional wallop, and that's what we were talking about, that puppets have that ability that you just don't get the same um, through CGI. And, yeah, this is, you know, something so ugly can make everybody feel so warm and fuzzy. Like, that's the ultimate movie magic. And I think it was another – this kind of evolved – out of an abandoned sequel to *Close Encounters of the Third Kind*,
1: which I love the idea that this is supposed to be a sequel to. Close yeah, Encounters. like it
0: was, and then it kind of changed a little bit. But this was the highest grossing film of all time until it was outdone by another Spielberg movie, which we may have mentioned in this list. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Um, yeah. So, and it, what's funny is that ET's face was actually based on Albert Einstein, Ernest Hemingway, and Carl Sandburg. I don't know what. It's an interesting
1: combination. I don't combination. know what these dudes are
0: thinking. And while the head was animatronic, the body was generally occupied by either one of two little people. Kenny Baker? Or, I don't know, or Matthew Demerit. He was a 12-year-old with no legs, and he walked around on his hands inside the creature's feet. Oh, Isn't cool. Isn't that crazy?
1: That's pretty cool. I that's like that.
0: a that's a day at work.
1: Yeah, you're gonna walk on this little um, alien thing, making going after Reese on pieces on your
0: hands. Yeah, like so super wild, fantastic film, and my goodness, do we love puppets? We could talk forever. <laughs> but Jacob, why don't you plug us up?
1: Everything. That you heard about today on All Booked Up, that's gonna be available at your local library. We have 37 branches all throughout Erie County. So stop on by, let them know that, hey, we're looking for puppets.
0: Give and me we, down puppets. And be like,
1: do you want books on puppets? You want movies on puppets? Guys, we're drowning in puppets over here. <laughs> uh, also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at All Booked Up Pod. Uh, let us know what kind of puppet movies you're checking out and what other suggestions and what you would also like to hear us uh, talk about on the air.
0: I do. I like I like all those things. Write to me. I might write back. Um, okay, a couple quick facts. The first puppet animation film in history was made by a Russian ballet choreographer, oh. which is super random. That's surprising, um, I this, Yeah, it was in 1906, this ballet master of uh, St. Petersburg, um, I'm not gonna try the, the Russian name because I'm gonna, I'm gonna butcher it.
1: We'll call him Evgeny.
0: <laughs> but he created the world's first puppet animation film with figures dancing in ballet steps against a still um, background. Mm-hmm. And the film took several months to complete and the ballet master had to change the pose of his paper mache figures about 7,500 times to convey the illusion of dance. But thank you because
1: That's got kind of, I feel for like all those people that have to teach like wedding dances and stuff like they have to do the same thing. It's this is
0: a lot of stuff. Um did you know that Jim Henson had a puppet show prior to the Muppet Show called Salmon Friends?
1: Uh, I did not.
0: Yeah, this is where he started. It was the original Kermit the Frog, and then he had all different puppets, including Harry the Hipster, um, Icky Gunk, and Pierre the French Rat, which I don't know which why bring, we don't yeah, get bring to back know about Pierre. those.
1: Isn't that what Rizzo basically turned into? He's like, we're gonna <laughs> yes. switch up this. French rant. We're like We from, love it. we gonna make it from New York.
0: Um, Here's a great one. That distinctive sound that E.T. makes when he walks. It was created using a wet t-shirt stuffed with jelly.
1: Ew. Ew. <laughs> I know.
0: It's great. Come
1: on, Foley artist.
0: It's oh, really funny. And so in Dark Crystal, the evil characters are called the Skeksis, and it took six performers operating each creature simultaneously to like be stuffed in this bird-like body and it was like one group of performers would work for six months before shooting even began nice. to understand how this was going to move. So puppets, that is serious, serious work.
1: Take some work people. You can't just go around and get yourself and make a puppet movie. It's not that easy.
0: It's not that easy. And the last one in Jurassic Park it took to get that T-Rex roar because, I mean, what does a dinosaur roaring sound like? We we don't know. We don't know. Um, They did a Composite of a tiger, an alligator, and a baby elephant. It's,
1: it's the three of the most deadly animals on earth. So. <laughs> Boom,
0: we love it. Uh <laughs> all right, this is one of my favorite episodes. That was a good time. Thank you guys so much for listening. Go, ch-
1: go check out Willy's Wonderland, everybody. You
0: definitely should, and we will catch you next time. Bye. <laughs>